Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about the movies that we turn to time and time again. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chrissy. Who do you who party, people? How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. You just showed me a shocking click from Dawson's Creek. Yeah, head over to our TikTok for that exclusive content. Wow. I'm yeah. still reeling. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, I'm... I think my body's shutting down. <laughs> like, I, I'm having a really hard time. Like, I think if I picture my blood, it's like pudding. Like, it's not <laughs> moving right now. Yeah. So I'm mainlining caffeine as we speak. But how has your week been? You know, it's been busy. I've taken on a slightly, a small new gig. And it, my brain can't hold all the information no. at once. No, and I get panicked. I get instantly panicked. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why I don't have the ability to sort things like I used to. Like the file folders are too full. Yeah, maybe it's like how we can't learn like new tricks or like new languages at an older age. We're just like, no, nope, don't got room for that. Yeah. Again, I can name. But you are handling it. Like you're saying that you're not, but you are handling. It. I am handling it. I just I get so overwhelmed so easily now, mm-hmm. and that's I don't like that I don't have the ability to handle stress. Like, where'd that go? What happened to it? I think I've just been like laying on my toadstool, you know, casually skipping through a forest for too long mentally. And then now when people are actually like, hey, do you have that done? I'm like, no. Yeah, I have no like even middle ground for stress. I think I'm just always in a fight or flight type of vibe. But we went out this week. Oh my god, we did. We did like a date night in Toronto to go see our friend's live podcast. Yeah, it was a inter- I just Toronto every time just blows my mind. Like all these people? Toronto during <laughs> TIFF. Yes, it was during TIFF, so it was busy. Disappointing. I've literally never been during TIFF and like actors aren't there. I know. That's so sad. It was kind of sad. They still had like the pomp and circumstance in the street yeah. outside of the light box theater, but it was like nice to be out. Like you and I were just like walking around. Yeah. Going to dinner. Then you're like, let's stop in here for a drink. I'm like, I would never even walk in down our own downtown and be like, let's just pop in. Well, first of all, I would never walk down our own downtown <laughs> too. And no man. So many people and honestly, great dog watching great dog watching amazing i think i learned a lot about fashion just from walking around there and seeing the trousers the sneakers yes like i want to buy i finally want to buy a pair of sneakers even though we're heading into boot weather yeah i realized that everyone at the event was dressed exactly like me and i need to get some new style (laughs) but doesn't that oddly comforting comforting in a way no because everyone was 10 years younger than me so i was like we all look the same and I'm not supposed to. Yeah, we went to go see our friend uh, Sarah Jenkins' live podcast, Talking Fast at the Rivoli. This is obviously weeks later that you're mm-hmm. listening to this. And, you know, me and Sarah's relationship is always like, we're almost a decade apart. So it's not surprising then that her fan base and listeners are more than a decade younger than us. Yeah, I think she's even a little maybe a bit older than some of them. Yeah, and it was standing room only, but you, me, and Marie had seats because I couldn't stand for an hour. Well, there's just hours. like, there's a bench along one wall and we're like, we're squatting. Yeah, we're and everyone was just right putting here. their empty cups and we're like, yeah, put your empty cups yep. on our table. You guys need a ride home? for the moms. It was so cold. Like, I don't know why. I feel like when everything's over 20 degrees Celsius, obviously, Americans, I can't convert for you. <laughs> I think like, it's still so 
summer and I was freezing so yeah. I just randomly went and bought a black sweater mm-hmm. so in terms of like fashion I have no style I wear the same thing all the time yeah but I also came away from that trip being like I gotta mix it up mm-hmm. I bought trousers when I got home you did I bought, yeah I bought multiple kinds of trousers oh my god where'd you tell me <laughs> well, I'm waiting for them to come in oh so, you know they might not look good they might not fit some of them are pleated some of them are not one of them has a slit like half up the leg so I was like fuck it that's cool Where'd you buy them from? Well, where do you think I buy? Well, I don't know. I thought you were, I mean, you just surprised me by saying trousers. I don't know why. And I keep thinking this, like, I know fast fashion is bad, but paying more than $38 for a pair of pants seems absurd. Yeah. I think like in my brain, I'm like pants under 60, jeans under 60, dress. Yeah. If it's not like a fancy dress under a hundo. Yeah. I'm, I'm in like the 12 to $28 category for dresses. <laughs> not gonna lie but i'm very i'm a very casual person so like but then i see places like frank and oak and i'm like that's a store where everything is super super casual and like they just have these like t-shirts but Mm -hmm. they're such high quality t-shirts but i could never justify like my ardeen's cart's full like aritzia yeah i get it i get it just even look casual and plain pieces can cost a lot but like i just can't wrap my mind around the cost yeah and even like as we're sitting here thinking about like fashion um marie invited me to another like concert thing this weekend and i'm stressed out because i'm like i have no idea what to wear i have no idea what to wear like i don't even i work from home i've been on mat leave for a year and a half like i don't know yeah i feel like when you're younger at least in your 20s or if you're single there's like a certain dressing that you do for like to attract attention and maybe even you know attract the attention of someone that you're interested in i don't know how to dress to be like i'm just here yeah don't look at me yeah but i want to look nice yeah is there a tiktok i think there's got to be a for you page for that probably i I think you should follow one of my other recommendations that allison hope murray i think you should follow her she's very like mature in her style but there's like a bit of whimsy to it so you said your style you want to change your style what what did that make you feel though when you were like i gotta change well i realized though that looking through like we i went to the mall yesterday and there's nothing that i see that i'm like i like it i think it will go to my body it feels like me and i think it's because like during the pandemic there was a there was a bit of a trend cycle that i actually really liked and all that stuff was available and i really like i like the y2k type stuff i like the 70s looking stuff and i think we're transitioning out of it now a lot of it is still like 90s but cringe 90s like necklaces that say angel on them and shit like that yeah and uh we're transitioning out of it and i can't find things that i like so i there was a moment where i was like wow I like the trend at the moment. I never normally do. And I can find stuff and even in my size. And now I don't even know what I like. And I feel like I'm just going to say, like, I took a a picture that I think is fantastic of you. Like you have your copper hair. You were wearing like a cafe colored shirt. Your nails were matching. Like, you know how cafe Olay makeup is like really trendy right now? Like, I feel like you aced it. After I literally was doing my makeup while watching a video of someone doing a tutorial on it, but I wasn't following it. And I was like, oh, I do the same thing. But they like, yeah, they romanticize it. Cafe Olay, Uh, cowboy copper hair. I do have cowboy copper hair. Right. It's not what I, but like, I learned that after the fact. I just showed them my hair styles a photo and said, see what's red and also kind of brown. And then it's a thing. I feel like you crushed it though. Like I saw a girl with an ankle braid 
bracelet there and i was like yeah did you just come back from Salvo beach like i like that's what we used to have like on a summer holiday i know they're super in like i just there's some things that i don't care what the trend is at all yeah. like i don't care if the the gen z's are gonna judge me but then there's other things i will not waver on like a middle part yeah it's not it's not side part time it's just not okay well, I had a very hard time because, uh, as we discovered, I recently had my hair dyed and my hair extensions did not match. <laughs> so I went home in a panic and the hair extensions that I normally buy went up in price. And I was like, I'm not, I can't justify like $500 on these, no. even though I wear them all the time. So guess what your girl's doing this week? DIY dyeing her hair extensions, which wow. I Googled on their website. They say that you can. Okay. So I will report back to see okay. if that is possible. But yes, I was just like... It was a shock to the system of like, wow, we're in... It's kind of like when Dorothy goes through the door mm-hmm. and all of a sudden is like Technicolor and you're like, I don't belong here. It's also dressing for where we live. I never worry about if I look good. Like, not that if I look good, but if like I look cringy or, you know, and that's yeah. even embarrassing to think about. But like for Toronto, I was like, I don't... I don't know what how I'm supposed to look. Yeah. And I'm always afraid, not of seeming old, but of seeming out of touch. Right. And sometimes you see people our age and they're already dressing how you feel someone much older would. Right. And I'm just not mentally there and I don't want to look like that. But like when we're here in our hometown, I don't know. For me, I wear the same thing every day. I could give a shit. This isn't my hometown. I just live here. Well, it's not my hometown. My home is just here. Yeah. But it's not my hometown. (laughs) What town our home is in? I don't think I've found my hometown yet, to be honest. No, either have I. I think mine is somewhere on the West Coast. This actually reminds me of like a little rant that I've had lately with like a friend of mine, my friend Kate from work. The amount of like stuff that I see on TikTok of like things that are in style, things that are not in style, even on IG, like there's this stylist account that I follow that I really like. They're called Charlie Goss Style Studio and they do like how to wear these new trends and it's really, it's helpful. Yeah. But they also say what's out and now they do it with a caveat of if you like this, wear it, but it's not in. And I'm kind of just like, I I don't really see any other styles anymore. No. I feel like on, and maybe that's just algorithm talking, but I just see this like city girl, which I like, I want to wear trousers and sneakers, but I don't see anything different. And when I do see something different, it's kind of as a don't do. Yeah. It's either trousers and sneakers, jeans and loafers. Mm Mm-hmm black belts if you're wearing jeans lots of tans if you're gonna wear like a blazer it's like a tan color it's extra long things aren't really cropped anymore lots of they're perfectly cropped yes yeah um lots of like sleeveless or like uh like high neck type Mm -hmm. things like it's all kind of the same vibe and the color scheme seems to be black tan (laughs) but then for a minute we had barbie core and dopamine dressing well and i was all summer everything i owned i bought everything was pink and orange and lime green and now i don't wear any of it apparently red is the new color like oh for fall and that's why i feel like i've always just stuck with black because i'm like i don't know like my closet is black navy gray and white because i don't know how to do this so i get so overwhelmed that there was a point on friday where like my old anxiety came where i was like don't go yeah stay home i'm glad i went because i did have a really nice time like just being out and like you know i never go to dinner at places we don't know and it's just like a chain which we love a chain oh we do love a chain but it was uh it was different yeah just be out and about yeah learned a lot about the kids about the youth 
Mm-hmm. I think they're okay. They seem all right. They, I, I think they just have a lot of energy because it was around 10 o'clock when it, when the actual like event wrapped up and then they're like, now it's a dance party. And then I, before that people were talking about where they're going to go after, after the dance party. And me and you were like, we have to go home right now. Yeah. And I was yawning the whole way home. And they were doing tequila shots. Like these kids were like kids. I don't want to be like, <laughs> I don't want to be like that person. But these younger people were doing tequila shots. And the girl, the DJ, what's it? DJ Baby Q. She yeah. played a banger. She started off with Rihanna yeah. S&M. And I was like, if I was just a little bit intoxicated, yeah. I'd be on this table. Because <laughs> I turned to Marie and I said, I wonder if it's the Britney mashup where they do the, where really? Britney and her did a duet. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was a moment of like, I'm not here anymore. I gotta go. Yeah. I'm wearing loafers in exactly. a bar. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah, exactly. I have a baby. Not, in, not the, in the bar. Not in the bar, <laughs> but I have to go. I know I would love to go shopping with you this week because I gotta really yeah like I need to try something on like because I just I don't know I just I feel like I gotta go shopping so I just I find I kept saying to Jeff I like shopping online way better I know it's so overwhelming in store and I really like to like search like I'll, I'll type in like midi jean skirt yeah and see what they have whereas in store I'm like you know that skirt could be in here but I don't know what the hell it is yeah it could be on a rack on the side. I have no idea. So I prefer shopping online, but I'll go with you. Maybe I'll try and secure childcare for the day and we'll go to the <laughs> States. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, talking about that, let's talk about some recs for this week. Every week we let you guys know what we're doing, eating, watching, listening to, anything that's just bringing us comfort. So you go first. Well, keeping in theme with my I don't really know how to style clothes, there's this girl that I followed on Instagram. Her name is Lydia Tomlinson. Her handle is Lydia Jane Tomlinson. She has like 1.6 million followers, so she's not new to Show the world. Her. Show me what she looks like. I've probably seen her. But she does just videos of how to style clothes, um, different ways to style clothes. And I've learned quite a bit. It's just that her body type is a little bit different than mine so real long legs really long legs every the trousers look great like teeny tiny waist so like i i feel like i just need like she must be like a two four and i need somebody who's like a six eight (laughs) ten but i've learned a lot about how to style clothes from her so i think she's a great follow if you maybe just need to know what pieces go together or what pieces don't go together because i like the videos where she says this outfit looks good but i would change this to make this look better because i'll look at it and be like oh that's okay and then she'll change i'm like oh that's better yeah um so that's something that i would recommend and then my second account which i just tough like touched on briefly is charlie goss style inc that's c-h-a-r-l-y goss style inc on instagram and they have like seventy-six thousand followers they're from oakville which is near where we live i really liked charlie goss the stylist she recently passed away after a long battle with cancer but um her team is still keeping like her legacy going online and they really do these daily outfits and what to wear they also do like professional styling so you can hire them to style you or virtually style you but i just think like if you don't have the money to become like a member or hire them they do like great daily 
outfit guides Mm -hmm. and like affordable things of like mango zara um lots of amazon if i like you said to me the other day where did you get those earrings from and i was like amazon because they linked to the yeah i need help like that because i never know what to even look for on amazon yeah so those are my two fashion racks which i'm hoping will get me out of my slump that's nice what do you got i (laughs) as we've talked about before just like uh Steve on Sex and the City. I'm not much of a reader, but I'm trying. Matt doesn't read. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. Mouth scout. More I like to these days just buy books and then start them and then just buy another one and start that. Um, so in my quest, I have two quests right now. One to become a better reader and another is to no offense, make friends. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think this is a good topic to talk about actually. Um, being in your 30s, especially working from home, or owning your like i'm a freelancer i don't have the like at work friendships that you know normally come with that type of thing and i don't have especially where we live because this isn't our hometown i have lived here for nine years and in that time i've changed my career so many times that i have had communities site-specific friends yeah. yeah but i've moved on you know i worked in food for a long time i had chef friends and everything and then they moved on and I moved on and I'm just struggling to like build a community in this city. So um, my friend Natalie, because if anyone has ever met Natalie, she, they know she's very proactive. So you tell you have a problem like I need friends and she's like, I'll get you friends. Hold on, give me two seconds. And she's on the Google machine instantly. And she found me. There's a book club. I joined. I haven't gone to a meeting yet, so I can't give like a full review of whether or not like it was vibes. <laughs> I don't know. But every month they tell you the book they're going to read and then they meet up at like a cafe or a park and you talk about it. And they seem like they're like young women and they're not reading like like romance novels of yore. Like it's, you know, uh, trend trending books. I think they call them spicy books now. No, they call them spicy books? It's not yeah. like a bodice ripper. It's like a, a spicy book. Mm, yeah. I don't think that... Well, maybe they will. But so far, they seem to be reading books that like either I've heard of or, you know, they seem things that are trendy. So uh, this month, we're reading Empire of Wild by... I think it's Sherry or Cherry... Dimaline, Dimaline. Sorry about pronunciation. I'm a third of the way into it. I'm a, again a very slow reader. And this month they announced the book like well into September, and the meeting is like on September 17th. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like it's gonna take me a while to read this book, but I'm really, really trying. So far, it's kind of still setting the stage, so I don't really know how to feel about it. It's really out of my wheelhouse. When I do read, I like books that are. Emily Henry. Yeah, I like books that are not fiction, but set in the real world and don't have any magical elements. Like, I'm also right now reading Yellow Face. And again, like, extreme circumstances, but it's all, there's nothing mystical about it. Or uh, this one has, like, maybe werewolves or, like, a mythical dog that eats people. I'm not sure. So it's just not, it's a little out of my wheelhouse. I'm trying. I'm not a Twilight girly, so, like, this isn't usually where I lean, but... Yeah, so I'm doing that for, I don't know, my mental health. <laughs> I think that's like a really good point to raise. Like, And we talked about this because somebody in our lives is dealing kind of with the same idea of how do you make friends. Yes. And 
when you're in the workspace, like even if you work for yourself, pretty much every interaction that you have to have with people has a veneer of professionalism. Yes. So like you're not really crossing your acquaintances, yeah. but you're not crossing any lines to be like vulnerable or take them out of like the business setting yeah. because you're a business owner and yeah. you're at work essentially. Every time you leave your house to talk to somebody, you're at work. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So I think it's really interesting to do if you had to, would have told me like five years ago that Christy would be in a book club, I'd be like, to learn? And <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, I have a degree in English. I can read a book. I think you just blew your load but a little bit with I did. being tired of reading. Well, I, and you know what it is, though? I In my mind, I'm literally already going back to like my ways of school where I was like, maybe there's a movie or maybe I should spark notes it. And I'm trying so hard not to look it up on TikTok because I'm like, no audiobook. This is supposed to be for fun. And I don't think, I think an audiobook is not really cheating. Like, honestly, I don't it, it probably would be more beneficial to me right now. So I could actually use, like do this book while I'm, you know, cleaning or something. But I, I'm already trying to like do my little ticks, tricks and tips of like how to get around actually having to read the book after like years and years of being like, to this day, I didn't read the Scarlet Letter. Have I written a paper on it? Yes. <laughs> I didn't open the first page. Didn't even buy the book. I've never read To Kill a Mockingbird. I oh. only watched the movie I, and I aced it. Well, I've I've read it twice, but I'll give you that one. But like, you know, I was in high school. Yeah. I was oh, yeah, like, we were too. But there was that thing where reading becomes work. Yeah. And it becomes associated with a lot of stress like when you're like i was never an english major but i remember seeing how much my friends read and being like oh no and then having them kind of take the joy out of it by being so critical of it yeah so i hope that like i think it's great that you're doing this if i liked talking to other people i would do a book club but i don't know i think like 30s we were talking i was talking to my cousin laura about this 30s when you get into your 30s, you're like, fuck, thank God my 20s are over. But then you're like, I don't even know how to be in this decade anymore because all the barometers, like I feel like 20 yeah. is trying to get stuff. Yeah. Get a job, get a partner, get, you know, out of school. And then 30, you're like, okay, now I have to figure out where I am. Yeah, now what? Because everybody's kind of scattering. So how do we maintain a closeness while everyone's scattering yeah and, and that's the thing is like i don't really need new friends it's just all of my friends have other priorities now other like above friendship yeah so, like i can't I, I don't have people who are as available as often so i feel like i need like a little bit of a deeper roster so that like there's more people to call on or do things with or something because you know, everyone has priorities and so do I. I turn down yeah. a lot of things too because I'm like, I can't do that. No, I think that's great. Yeah. What other things were you thinking about? I guess this is kind of turning into like a little mini episode topic and maybe we can talk <laughs> about this if people want us to. Yeah. What other kinds of things were you thinking about or was, you know, did Natalie, su- maybe we should have Natalie on to suggest <laughs> how to make friends. Oh, she'll she'll go up and down to like, she has lots of friends, maintains really good relationships and she's like someone who's like always giving gifts and thoughtful and i'm just like i'm so bad at friendships and i was like not though well i i'm not someone who's good at maintaining especially after like having friends at a job i don't maintain them afterwards and i have a lot i have a really hard time of converting them into friends friends and she's like just keep talking to them i'm like yeah I, i literally can't like 
I don't know why. Part of it is I'm bitter, and usually when I leave a job, again, I'm like, I don't ever want to hear about that place ever again. But the other suggestion, and I don't know if I'm going to do it this month. I might hang on until next month because I have a lot going on, and it's literally like next week as well. There's an astronomy club of Niagara as well. And they do have a beginner's meeting. I should just go, but I'm pretty sure it's one night this week. And I just like, again, there's not a file folder for me in my brain for it. So I don't think I can fit it in. But I I was saying to her things I like. And I was like, the thing I always wish I did. I always wanted to go to those like camping astronomy things up north where you like, they bring the good telescopes and everyone gets to look. Now I don't really want to camp, but like I'll go stand in a field for a couple hours with people at night. So I always grew up fascinated with that stuff. And Which is not astrology like I hear. When no. anyone says astronomy, I'm like, what's your star sign? No. Let's map it out. Yeah, I'm not as interested in that stuff. But as you can see, we're currently in my basement that is space themed. Yeah. I'm a space girly. I watch like documentaries about the space shuttle and stuff like that all the time i'm not explosion not the challenger i literally watched one like two mornings ago while i was doing my makeup oh my god i watch i'll watch you know disasters and space favorite things yeah all my favorite things in one so i it's something i always felt like i was not smart enough to be part of um because i'm not very science minded but i'm like i like things that are cool i don't know That's really inspiring because I feel like just hearing that I need to take a personal inventory of things that I like. Like I was like, like Laura said, my, you know, my cousin is one of the most interesting people I know. Like she loves roller derby and goes to live music and loves horror films so much. She went back to school to like, just take a course for fun. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in a place where my identity is just mom right now. And I need to figure out things that bring me joy that maybe I felt I didn't like we were talking about imposter syndrome the other day yeah like that I felt like I couldn't be smart enough to do yeah I think I always think I can't be single anymore because I have nothing to talk about on a first date not a damn thing and I feel like I used to have lot I used to be interesting or at least I could make things sound interesting but now I don't even have the content or like the nugget of truth to make it interesting. I would be great to date a woman based on my interests. Yeah. If we were on a date, we could just like be married tomorrow. Absolutely. But like if I had to go somewhere, even meeting other people, like they'd be like, what do you do? I stay up late watching Grey's Anatomy these days. I always, you know what? You were one of my topics when I'd go on dates always. I talked about you too. Yeah, because I used to think you like were so wild and fun. And then I would be like... You know, she just is in therapy and really damaged. Yeah. No, guys would be like, really? And I'm like, yeah, man. But it was just... My most interesting thing about me was you. (laughs) Oh, that's the most romantic thing anyone has ever said to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's like the Taylor Swift, I'm only me when I'm with you. There you go. Well, now our most interesting thing is we have a podcast. No, I think that that's really, it's really, it it is really inspiring. And I'm not like just taking the piss out of you. Like, I think like I need to do some soul searching too about things that are interesting or just my therapist always tells me this privileged Jack. Like I need Mm -hmm. to do something for myself that doesn't involve like running an errand. Yes. Meeting any need that is just purely pleasure and for most of the time it's reading but that's such an isolating event that like the book club is i wonder i really wonder how much is going to be book club or is going to be like book club the movie book club (laughs) you know we're all gonna get laid Uh, maybe maybe 
Book Club too. Yeah. Okay. So do you do you want to talk about the movie this week? Yes. You. I. You, this is your baby. This is probably the only yes. time I think I've seen this movie twice and this week was the second time so i also i have something i want to before we even get into it i need to say about this movie so this week we watched the lake house keanu sandy b favorites all around but did you notice watching this movie that it reminded you of a certain movie that we watched last week did you not put this together i thought you were gonna be like oh my god yes my brain is so fried i don't even remember (laughs) what we watched (laughs) You've got mail. Yeah. Okay. Hear me out. I made a list of reasons why. Number one, it's a reteam. Yes. They were in speed together. Were they in speed two together? No. Just just speed. Number two, other than, okay, one is email. The other is like an interdimensional wormhole mailbox slash maybe mystical dog. But they write to each other and that's how they fall in love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number three, he knows who she is. Yes. But he, she doesn't know who he is because back in time, he goes and finds her. And that's, a, well, even though it's not, again, time travel, Tom Hanks knows who he's writing to and, sh- and she does not. And in order to manipulate the woman, not a negative way, I'm gonna start, I don't know a better way to say it, to entice the women into thinking that they're interesting or likable they use a little fact that the woman tells them in a book or in the notes about Jane Austen, a Jane Austen book, a different one, but still Jane Austen. Listen, you can't tell me this isn't the same movie. I can't think of a female writer. I mean, I guess we could say Shakespeare is like one that's impacted film, but Jane has given us so many good movies. Emma, also clueless <laughs> yeah. pride and prejudice yes like persuasion which they talk about yes they i yeah i did notice that i put that together with um him knowing about her yes the difference is is that in this movie he could not make it known because she wouldn't have believed him no there was no way for him to explain to her but I just, I, there's no way that the person who wrote this movie was not inspired by You've Got Mail because you literally have mail. Right. And then they use Jane Austen as this tie of, you know, she's spilling her deepest truths to him. And then this one's even worse. At least Tom Hanks is like, oh, you're not waiting for your Mr. Darcy. Keanu just goes, have you ever read Persuasion? Persuasion? And she's like, why would you say that to me? And like, <laughs> so a little bit about this movie before we dive in about the plot and our feelings. This was a remake of a Korean film called oh. Il Mare. I had no idea. So Il Mare is the restaurant that they go to, and that it was their is. way of paying homage to the movie. Wow. This movie came out in 2000, and it was the same as like they communicate through a mailbox. Uh, he's an architect. She's a doctor. There's a, a kind of similar thing with the book in the original movie she asked him to retrieve a tape player that Mm. she lost so there is kind of that like that element of like he has to find something and i think that they just went for the romantic uh tie-in of waiting with persuasion yes which is a great tie-in well yeah of course it's like foreshadowing or like you know like the same theme and also 
there's the architect book that's in this movie. Yes. Um, but there was that tie-in of the has to find something to yes. like use that as an in to get to know her. Yeah. But the uh, the Jane Austen thing specificity of Jane Austen though. It's a rom com trope. It's a rom com trope. No, but there's two. There's just too many coincidences. It's a conspiracy. It is. So a reteam. 2006. When did mm-hmm. Speed come out? 94? So almost 10 years later, they get back on screen together. What did you think of this couple? Because I don't think when I think of reteams, I think of Julia and Richard. Mm-hmm. I think of Meg and Tom. I think of even Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. But I don't really think about this couple a lot. No. Well, it's a. if there could be an antithesis to Speed, it would be... The slow, slow, slow Lickos. They're not slow. This movie should have just been called Called Slow. slow. Because everyone kept saying, oh, they have chemistry and speed, which I mean, like, sure they do, but it's not really a love story. Yeah. What did you think of their chemistry on this, in this routine? Okay, I'm prefacing this whole movie with, I'm not, I'm not pulling another leap year. I have seen this movie at least 50 times. It is a comfort watch of mine. I do love it deeply. But I have been asked to watch it with a critical lens and it did not go well. <laughs> I don't think... Okay, they're not even together for most of the movie. No. And I honestly think a lot of it is the dialogue they were given. The chemistry is... It's so not there that it's the opposite of it's like the when you put the magnets the other way and they pull apart mm-hmm. that's how i felt interesting except for i guess like the back in time like the one time they do kiss in real life it's not that no it's not great <laughs> how do you feel um so unlike you i did not mind it on this viewing really i've only seen it twice i saw it once I think, and not even when it came out, I saw it once. It was always on TBS. We always talk about TBS, yeah. Peachtree TV. Yeah. I um, And I knew about this movie, but I don't think I could get past the magical realism of it. And it's not, and listen, I'm a slut for time travel. <laughs> I love yeah. a parallel universe. I love a MCU. Yeah. I love it. Like I, one of my favorite books that I've read was Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah. Which maybe we'll watch um, also. Yeah, Natalie suggested that one. And then she's like, you should do Rachel McAdams. And I was like, and about time. Time travel and Rachel McAdams. So that might be just a segment that we get Yeah, and I just think, um, I think one of the things that always confused me was how this works, right? But again, in... In Time Traveler's Wife, you're supposed to believe that he has a rare gene abnormality that makes yes. him jump time. Um, the About time, it's genetic again. again. Yeah, it's genetic. And here, I think it's just like, is the dog in on it? Is <laughs> okay. the mailbox <laughs> yeah. and the dog connected? Like the, yeah. Okay, because let's... it's about the lake house, but it should just be called mailbox. It should... <laughs> Jack's mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, okay, let me tell the story. Let me start from the beginning, okay? Okay. This movie, it jumps a lot of timelines, and there's actually points where I got confused, and I've seen it so many times. But essentially, Keanu Reeves, in 2004, lives in a lake house. It turns out, actually, his father built it. He has a lot of mixed feelings about his father. And a this, trope. Yes. And this house is made of glass. We learned there's no bathroom. Yes. Um, there's... We- 
We can talk about that. Yes. There's a tree that grows in the middle of it. If you pay attention, they call it a maple tree. It does not have maple leaves on it until it's fall. I don't know. I I noticed that. I was like, was it a Japanese maple? No, later when it when it turns fall, it has like regular maple leaves on it. But if you pay attention when it's green, it's not a maple tree. I know it's a weird thing to point out, but I was like, how bad are these set designers with this house and this tree? But it's like on stilts in the lake. You can see him at all times, and uh, he has pushed away his like the, the his destiny of working for his father as an architect, and he's like building. Houses in those neighborhoods. He's working. He's working. He's getting the job done. Either way, dude's got cash. Mm -hmm. So I'm not mad about it. So if we do it in the right timeline, you don't learn this all at once. But he uh, rents the house eventually to Sandra Bullock. They never, well, in the original timeline, they never meet. And she moves into this house and she lives there in 2005 i'm guessing i think he lives there 2004 2005 she lives there 2005 2006 and when she moves out she leaves a letter thanking them and when he opens the mailbox he's like no one lives here no one's ever lived here i think you've made a mistake and when she reads the letter she goes nope this is where she like she literally goes back to the mailbox to get it it's not like they're mailing to each other's houses she goes back to the mailbox and reads it and goes like nope this is definitely the house blah 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 and he sees the little like flag move up on the mailbox like magic and like yeah. his dog barks because it moves on its own and he's like what is happening so they start communicating back and forth through this magical mailbox where they're only two years apart which is a, a very frustrating part mm-hmm. of the whole thing that's why i was confused i was like when did she live there but just she said just for a residency which i thought would be longer but just for a year and in that time he moves back to chicago and opens up Visionary Vanguards, his uh, architecture company with his brother. And and that's if you, like, that's not if you watch the movie in order. Like, you learn this as you go. So they talk and they fall in love over letters. And eventually they're like, let's meet. And he makes a reservation at a restaurant that you can't get reservations for for, for months two months. years. Yeah, so he books it for two years. And did you notice the, the scene when she shows up to the restaurant and says the reservation for him... It, the girl reacts a lot like P.S. I love you. P.S. I love you. Yeah. She goes, oh, yes. yeah. And it's the same girl two years later working the yes. door at Il Mare. Yeah. So she has the same reaction of like how romantic. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't show up to the reservation. And she writes him. He goes, I don't know why I didn't come. And she's like, I think we need to stop. This is too much. She gets back together with her ex and like tries to move on, but obviously never forgets him. In between all that time, he goes and finds her in the past and tries to, like, worm his way in, kind of. She tells him to go find this book that she left at a train station, which is kind of an invitation. Oh, yeah. But he didn't didn't really interact with her at that point. Um, And he doesn't hand the book back to her or anything like that. So he's he is not like he's being very respectful. The thing that doesn't make sense and is what brings them together is that. He has the dog. Does it? The dog came with the house. The dog just shows up. It's a girl, but its name is Jack. He doesn't know its name is Jack. She tells him, I call him Jack. And then when he says Jack, the dog looks at him so he knows his name. This omnipotent dog. Dog. Yes. The the one, at least that I found, the one plot hole that doesn't make any sense is she says to Keanu Reeves, oh, I remember this day two years ago. 
it's a huge snowstorm and he goes to himself out loud it's not gonna snow look at it it's not gonna snow and then it starts snowing but when she tells him that she picks up a photo of the dog and her in the snow and goes do you remember this you hated that day to the dog the dog's with him true at that time that's the only plot hole i think that's the only one okay no, I think like, you're no, you're right. I didn't even catch that. Oh, I caught that like on first view, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what do you mean?" The do- you said to the dog, "The dog's in the room with him," and she goes, "You hated that snowstorm." To the dog, you didn't live there. You didn't know about the dog. Yeah, that's weird. Yes, that's the only plot hole. You look it up. I think it, like people have talked about it on the internet. I've googled it before. It's um, it's really okay. hard about to talk about this movie in order. order. Because there's yeah. order for him, there's, there's order, order for, for her. her. Yeah. And there's like overarching order. Yeah. It's, this is obviously like a very, like we're assuming that if you're listening to this episode, you've seen this movie. It, we're assuming. Otherwise, you us explaining to. it is yeah. too much for you to like understand. Yes. The two years time difference is in the original as well. Oh, yeah. And it's just a very odd two years to like it's just like two years yeah not five not you know it's because it's like it's so close that you can taste it like why can't they just figure that out and then it's also like when did the mailbox become magic like could she have also (laughs) been talking to his father who lived there yeah could she have also been talking to like his mother who lived like when does it Morning. When does the magic stop with the mailbox? They like they could have done a whole you. branch of like connecting. He could have talked to his mother. His brother could have talked oh. to his mother. Like if we really fleshed it out, yeah, we could have touched on very different time zones yeah. or timelines in his life. But the one thing I like, I always remember my mom standing out by this mailbox crying. It's because she had the same thing or something. Yeah, like and maybe yeah. it was like leave him. He's never gonna Why change. Why is it magical? Why is it, they don't tell us anything? And I just accepted it as truth. And that's weirdly okay to me. So I read this um, <laughs> this uh, review by Roger Ebert where he says he gave this review like uh, let me see. I always just if you grew up in the nineties. You remember Roger Ebert had this movie show each week where him and Siskel would go over yeah. movies Two and you'd be like... up, one thumbs up. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm going to go see it. Yeah. I still kind of always check, like, I check Rotten Tomatoes, but I, I still check, like, Roger, what Roger Ebert said about all of these movies. So he gave this movie, his review from June 15th, 2006 was called You've Got Mail for The Lake House. Shut up. He gave it three and a half out of five stars wow that's i'm more generous than i would it is and i was like why would you give this this and he says he's like they also have the same dog never mind i tell you never mind and he just says that to enjoy this movie you just have to completely suspend any search for logic yeah and if you can do that you enjoy it and i think like the first time i saw it i was like this makes no sense like what none of this makes sense yeah but this time i was just like you know what if you're telling me that this is magic all right i accepted the magic mailbox i but i i think before i would be like you're not freaked out she doesn't even live there to send letters so she has to go back to send letters they don't show it though often she never googles his name she never looks him up like okay there's a lot of problems but you like so i get it you have to suspend it would kind of work if this original movie is like i think it happens in like 98 and 2000 
Less technology based. Yeah. You could be like, okay, well, I'm never. I don't know how to find you, but you could find them if you wanted to. Yeah, because at no point were they like, I have an email address. Yeah. Email you just me. Me email me right now, and I'll be there two years from now to email back. And if you said, "Hey, I met you in a magical thing," I'd probably believe you because I'm so sad. Yeah. Like, but I just had to do away with it all, and yes. I was like, "I'm in." The weird thing that I think um, I didn't pick up on at first, I used to think that in the scenes where they're just talking out loud, yeah, I was supposed to believe that they're telepathically communicating. No, other than. They're actually writing. writing their writing to themselves. They're both standing at a mailbox. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Even watching with Jeff, he goes, so there's writing back and forth, but they're pretending they're having a conversation that's so awkward. Like, is she standing there going? Because at one point she goes, like, go on. Because he is like, he it gets choked up talking about his mother. So, like, did he write? And she, and she goes, go on. He goes, left us. Like, She's did, just there. Did she write it back and then he wrote that little bit back and then... Yeah. yeah. And like, those again... The, I feel like those scenes actually took me out of it. Yeah. Again... I didn't need them. I don't care. Like, I'm like, I don't care anymore. Let's yeah. just do this. The one scene that kind of... Like, I can get behind the magical timelines and everything like that. But the one thing I didn't like was the tree popping up. He plants her a tree because she misses seeing trees yes. in her new place. So it's raining. She drops her keys and then this tree pops up. In a timeline, the tree would have always been there and he planted it for her back then. Yeah, this is like this is where the brain starts to hurt. But there's supposed to be these romantic gestures. Yes. Another thing, though, that we like love i love about this movie is it's not new york it's chicago yeah i love i love a little scenery change a little little shy town although i have seen this movie many times uh before we watched it i said this one takes place in seattle why did i the because of the lakes because of the house on the water you probably thought about sleepless in seattle houseboat i just 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 always thought it was seattle it also had a very uh, not that this movie takes place in seattle but it reminded me a lot of um 500 days of summer where he like goes on a tour of the city looking at the architect yes the, all the architecture and they play the sweet disposition song made me want to go to chicago yeah it did. and then he takes her on a tour of i think that was a nice part that the part the mural yes kate i'm with you yeah and he planned this whole tour of chicago and like they, they went on it together but what's funny is in her head they talk back and forth but like she's not she's not at the mailbox she's just walking I would have loved if they took it outside of letter writing and maybe he sends her a tape oh, of him it talking. Turns out you can send things. physical things. Christopher Plummer, R.I.P. I know. Eben. Richie. And uh, uh, what's his name from... Uh, the bear. No, and from Girls. Oh, Desi. From girls, yeah. Yeah, from Girls. He's just a baby in this movie. I used to think, because he's also in Mona Lisa's Smile. Oh, he is. Sure, briefly. But I used to think he was the hottest guy he just had like piercing blue eyes and the floppy little hair and in this movie he's so like precious yes and so innocent and so like sweet in the face and then you watch the bear and you're like this guy's a motherfucker (laughs) he's so hardened now and range talk about range but as soon as honestly first episode of the bear i was like that's a guy from the lakers and i just know him from as Desi from Girls, which yes. he's fantastic in. Yes. Bella. Oh my God. And horrible in, but like. Right. So I like there was one thing also to um, the guy from Nip Tuck is the boyfriend, Morgan. Yes. And one of the criticisms that we have of other movies is like the 
the secondary characters sometimes aren't that fleshed out. I thought this was pretty good. Uh, you know, with the brother, yeah. the father. Hers was a little bit... Her mom, I thought, was good. The The doctor she works with her, they didn't really like. But the doctor was the through line to his dad. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yes. So I thought that if we're rating... Like, what did, uh, what movie did we say didn't really have good secondary characters? Leap Year. Leap Year. This was pretty good. There was this pretty fleshed out with, like, histories of the two. Yeah. Again, I just, like, I was, I think, I just was so tired that I was like, I'm not even gonna question the time-space continuum. Yeah. I'm just gonna be along for the ride. And I liked it a lot more than I would have, or I used to. I thought Eben... Uh, my husband was watching this and he said am i crazy or is this keanu's best performance are you i in the middle of it turned to jeff and said you know i love keanu you know i love john wick i think he's brilliant in um something's gotta give this is his worst performance right so there's um an endearing quality about Keanu where you're like, yeah. I don't even think this man knows he's acting. I think you're, you're saying, do this. And he's yeah. just on TV doing it. Like, everything is a documentary of how kind he is. Yes. Give Keanu a truck and a dog, we're in. Yeah. But he's likable, but if you actually, for me, like, bad acting takes me out of things and the, the way he delivers lines is painful. I'm going to say something insane. What? The weaker actor in this movie is Sandy. I know they I I wrote this is both of their worst movies I've ever seen I don't think it's their worst like I actually think I think he's pretty he does Ernest very well and that when he goes to the party to see her or when he's trying to just get a look at her yeah there's like this he he looks at her so lovingly that I can maybe see why people think that there's chemistry between them I don't feel like it's reciprocated back in this movie no by her but Sandy B in some films, Ocean's 8 is an example, mm-hmm. sometimes in Practical Magic briefly, when she wants to be serious, she goes into a whisper, Yeah, and she kind of just looks a little forlorn, mm-hmm. and it's very monotone. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. She had, in this whole movie, no joy. No joy. And I think Sandy B does best. I don't I don't think she's, a, like, the best crier. I think, unlike, you know, we were saying Hilary Swank. Great crier. I think Sandy B's good, happy. She's comedian. Well, her best scenes in Practical Magic are like before before her husband dies and she's so happy and they're playing with their kids. And... Oh, her running down the street to him? Yeah. In her little boots and yeah. shorts? And that's why Miss Congeniality works so well. And that's Fantastic. why that's her best movie. It's because she's, I think she actually has comedy chops. She does. And we all talk about Practical Magic, but I actually, I thought her performance when she says bring him back is, is very good. Yeah. But this movie, I was like, first of all, I said to you, was she 50 years old in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Did she, she reversed aged yeah. in real life. Yeah. Well, I think it was the Reba hairstyle. So I wrote, that's a mullet, right? It's um something. And then, but I also wrote, for some reason, when she has her hair long in the flashbacks, first of all, she looks way younger. That hair looks more normal. And there was many times in the you know regular timeline with her mullet I was like, is that a wig? But I feel like I remember her having that hair in real life. I feel like they took Meg Ryan's hair, mm-hmm. put it in the mailbox, <laughs> and sent it to Sandy at the lake house and said, put it on. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the same hairstyle. It is. And it's this is only flipped. six years after Miss Congeniality. 
Yeah, when her hair was so like, oh, so nice. Body was banging. Yeah. Like a beautiful woman. They Listen, made... they made her look very like dowdy in this. Like in this house we worship sandy b yeah so i i'm not speaking ill of her but there was that this stylistically there's a moment these are the jesse james years where she got with him and i feel like that darkness must linger mm-hmm. maybe even like physically uh, yeah. because she just looks not like the sandy we know and love yeah i did say that one scene though where she has like the kind of bandana head oh my bond, god headband, the baby doll top and jeans i can't I, that is, in 2006, epitome of what I wanted to look like, what I tried to look like. You know how many baby doll tops I had? Yeah, but you were 18. I wasn't She's supposed to be a resident at whatever. (laughs) This is, I'm not in 2006. My first note, (laughs) not Sandy's best hair, but she's wearing like, if you took like Adelia's catalog and put it on her when Mm -hmm. they're like, we don't know what she's wearing when she's not in scrubs. She's wearing a uh, a bandana in her hair, yeah, and uh, long, je- ill-fitting jeans. Everything was bad. One criticism ma- Matt had when he was watching it was like a doctor would never go in their scrubs to a bar. Yeah, well, Grey's Anatomy and Dirty John. <laughs> like that's like when you want to know, like when you want someone to know no, that you're a doctor, doctor. Yeah. even pretending to like lure them into a yeah, false sense of they, safety. Wouldn't you just feel gross in it? Yeah. Another thing I noted, <laughs> architect, doctor, great rom-com jobs. It's not, I mean, this is rom-drum, rom-drum. Yeah. But like we're swinging, we come out swinging with two great jobs. Architect is a very rom-com job or job. Yeah. But like a doctor, yeah, it happens in them. Not as often. I feel like being a doctor is not really central to this film only yeah from the big twist the big twist so the we, when he doesn't show up and she ends everything with him and she starts her new life with her boyfriend and then uh they decide like they move into an apartment together and they make him seem really douchey but she's like watching tv really loud while he's like working but like rude yeah mm-hmm and when she's walking through her room, she kicks a headboard, or a footboard on the floor, floorboard, and her persuasion book is there, the one that she asked him to get from the train station. So that was in 2004, and this is 2008, and she, the book is there. So it turns out, actually, while they were building the condo, he went and put it in, somehow knew what unit was hers, and put it in one of her floorboards. She says it. In the oh she does doesn't she she says in like, the first she's like no I don't live here I live in blah 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 apartment whatever because oh. she gives her forwarding address oh okay yeah so he hides it in the floorboard and she doesn't actually find that until she is about to move out and then because they decide it's such a cramped space that they got to go buy a house so she finds the book she's thinking about him and then she's like nope got to keep moving forward so they buy a house and they're like it's all. You know, she's got big dreams. There's there's nothing in the home. It needs walls. It needs everything. So they're like, we need an architect. And who do they go to? Visionary Vanga. Henry Weiler. And when they get there, just the brother is there. And they do a whole meeting. And she, she never, he never says his name. Like, he never says, like, hi, I'm Henry Weiler. Yeah, like, did she not know his last name? Yeah. 
And yeah, because she got him in the book for the dad. They, yeah. She knows exactly who he is. She's tired. She's oh working long God. hours. And I can't Im- imagine that at no point he t- didn't tell her what this business was called. So yeah, so she goes and then on the way out, she sees a, a drawing of the lake house. She goes, wait a minute, who drew this? And it's the brother. And then he goes, oh, actually, he died two years ago today. Valentine's Day, 2006. And she puts the pieces together that on Valentine's Day, 2006... A man died outside the Daily Plaza in Chicago, and she tried to save him, but he didn't make it, and it, like, had traumatized her since. So this is the part where I was like, so the mailbox is always two years behind? That's so specific. But she runs to the mailbox and writes, don't go to Daily Plaza, because she assumes... And she's right that he is going there to see her because she told him she not told to. him that story. But she told him that story already that she's like, actually, um, life is so short. You could just be this man was just walking across the street and he died in front of me. So he knows that she's at Daily Plaza on that day and she assumes he's going to come find her. I don't know how in the original timeline when he hasn't started writing with her yet, he does go there and die. But in this timeline, she prevents it. Wait, repeat that again? How he doesn't... So, at the beginning of the movie, he he dies. Yeah. And we're assuming that the reason he's there is specifically to talk to her. Right. But how would he know that before they had started... Because for him, it's, it's been two future. years. Like, <laughs> yeah. But none of it has happened. She hasn't written a letter to him yet. She hasn't, but he's been writing her for two years. I guess so. That's the confusing part. But that, to me, makes more sense. Like, I can do that math. But this is why it is, because she's changing the past with the letters. This is the problem, because that's the tree in the book and the floorboards. The letters are changing the past. Or (laughs) is she... But his... Neil deGrasse Tyson. Her her future is his past. So even... He was doing it anyway. She just hasn't gotten there yet. Like, it's kind of oh, like... I guess. She's in... like, I left my book there. He he was always going to come get it. Yes. that's And that's, I think, what um, Time Traveler's Wife does a little bit better. How, like, in that movie, the Rachel McAdams character, and even in the book, I forget their names, has known Henry, another Henry, her whole life. But he hasn't met her yet. Oh. Like, so it's that you kind of get a little bit more perspective of like how do they not know each other but then there's like that bigger arching question of like that's just how it was always going to be right so like yeah but how does she save him this time because her letter changes the past it does he died originally and then he doesn't die in the two year behind timeline correct (laughs) (laughs) i know it doesn't make any sense the tree is the tree is a that, tree, that that is showing that she changes the past. The tree and the yes, because the that, tree would have always been there. Correct, which I said. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sometimes she's changing the past. It's very confusing, but after all, like I think like the film works. Remember, I said to you, "Oh yeah, doesn't someone get shot outside yeah, of the hospital in the beginning?" I forget, no, but, but like there's that. It needs a what's that a fair to remember moment like kind of where you think that she didn't come but all this time she was paralyzed like yeah it needs that that moment of like why weren't you there and a race against the clock to get to yeah so but i was more thinking like the thing that doesn't make sense 
the one thing that doesn't make sense <laughs> is Valentine's Day. He says, he's looking at this house. He says, I skipped my lunch. This is my lunch to be yeah. here to meet you. And he's like, this isn't really what I had in mind for like, Valentine's Day. Right. So it, did he take an early lunch? Well, did she take a late lunch that in the, day? Because like, yeah. when you say lunch, I'm she thinking was noon. lunch in the plaza. Yeah. Right. So that's why she rushes to try and save him. Right. So I was looking at, so throughout the movie, there's this through line of, it's a Cary Grant, Ingrid Ingrid Bergman Mm -hmm. movie, Notorious. And I thought maybe it would have some kind of like... Clue. And it doesn't. I think it's just that she wants to get kissed. It's two men in love with the same woman. But like, I thought it was going to be like, um, what's the one in uh, Pretty Woman? Oh, yeah. Or like the opera has something to do with it. Same with White White Lotus. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't. I was just like, oh, but now I want to watch this movie. And I really thought that in P.S. I Love You too, she's watching A Star is Born and like the husband dies. Yeah. Hmm. Like I love, I do love that, but I kept waiting for them to like say like, what's happening? Yeah. Like it's a movie about waiting or something like that. But no, I guess not. So... Persuasion is also about waiting and timing. Mm-hmm. Would you let we're suspending all magical whatever, <laughs> and you were having this love affair through letters or through whatever? Would you wait essentially four years to be with somebody? I think this like we talked about this in what movie about waiting? Oh, Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, how she has to wait for Aiden. I think. You can always have someone like in the back of your mind and still presently go have fun. Like, I don't think I would. Yeah. yeah like, And she it. does. She's with Morgan, but yeah. he's never with anyone. No, but I don't. Mm, I don't. It's a, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think I would actively wait. But if like four years later he shows up and like I'm in a good spot, I'd be like, yeah, for sure. Or if I'm like. I like you better than the guy I'm with. The real casualty of this movie is Morgan. Yeah. Well, because he he comes to Chicago I many know. times to try and win her back. I know. He's really doing all of these things. Like, we're supposed to believe that he doesn't know her because he's like, he throws this birthday party for her. So it's kind of like a, you don't know me I think type she's deal. ungrateful. And also, he's trying to get, like, rent her, get her a house for, to live at. He was getting a house in Chicago. Like, he's trying. I don't think he's incredibly likable, but she's uh, mean to him for no reason. But this is one of the things of, like, okay, kind of like the Pacey teacher thing. Like, flip it, and it's the Keanu's girlfriend who is the one all of a sudden just being dropped because he's going to race against time. Yeah. Not even explaining. She can't explain it, but, like, to go save Sandy's life. Like, we would be like, that poor woman yeah like does does is there usually like a button for morgan of like does he normally we'd like to have like even the jilted person or Mm -hmm. the person have like a little tie-in like my best friend's wedding where maybe she would have met somebody at that in the movie i didn't think i realized how much i think in my first watch this i thought morgan was the bad guy or the obvious choice to not be with but then watching this i was like he really wanted to be with her yeah and tried really hard to make it work it would have been somehow good if like the the chick that kept wanting to get with keanu and he was like turned to her and went like oh hi and then like i thought that too yeah something like that so at least it seemed like you know maybe he wasn't that in it anyway or he'll be fine but another thing when was 
Something's Gotta Give. What year was that? Oh, the perfect year. I don't know. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. 2003. Oh, bro. So three years before The Lake House. Also a great Keanu turtleneck time. Oh. When he meets Kate at the party, he's wearing a turtleneck under a blazer. Mm-hmm. Homie is sweating. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing, like, she's outside freezing. I was like, what season is this? Matt said, but they can see their breasts. I'm like, okay, but still, that's a sweaty time. Yeah. But he looks so cute in turtlenecks, it's not even funny. <laughs> okay, so after she writes him and essentially saves him, he shows up at the lake house wearing a, a turtleneck. And they make out, which I think is weird to kiss someone you've never even seen the face really? of before. But they've already kissed and she remembers. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. They've already kissed. I guess that's true. My, okay, when the first time you saw this movie, and it's hard for me to remember the first time, like, I felt like way too late in the movie did Jeff go, was he the guy who got hit by the bus at the beginning? When he was dressed exactly the same. Why would they show you that scene in the first place? I know you're, like, meant to just forget it, but, like, even when, especially when she even wrote that in the letter to him not that long later, I would have been like, yeah, they, that's him. So I... Have you ever seen a movie, you know that's him. But I, I just let it go, because I was like, she's a doctor, things go all the time. So I was reading this blog called Cinevolver, mm-hmm. and they compared Ilmare versus The Lake House, and this is cinevolver.wordpress.com, so I want to give them their due. They categorize this under, this movie stinks. So don't go there thinking, like, they give an El Mare a B and the Lake House a D of a grade rating. But they say in El Mare, there is not the the dying scene in the beginning so when it oh. comes so when it's revealed that he dies it really is like a where did this come from yeah i think that would have been better they made the argument that it's not really they said that it makes a little more sense where you're like oh because i feel yeah. like in the beginning we're supposed to be like she goes she has this really traumatic day at work yeah and then she goes to the lake house we're never really sure why yeah but i think we were supposed to believe like she's going there to escape work because the doctor says a piece of advice get as far away from here as you can so it's kind of like is kind of the catalyst for her even going to the lake yeah i get it i get it i just think it was they should you thought it was obvious they should never have shown him laying on the ground with they, the scarf. They show him fully laying in that jacket and the jeans. It's the same outfit. They should never... Have, you should never have known who that was. But I I feel like with fresh eyes, like, you don't notice it. Like, I was just watching um, Grey's Anatomy, the season finale of season one. And when Addison walks in behind them... Yeah. I never noticed it in the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. When she walks in and all of a sudden they turn around and there's this woman there. But the, last night I watched purposely to watch. Yeah. And I'm like, I think they rely on you're so just focused on what they're telling you for the very first time yeah. that you just don't care. Well, it's, it's the first scene in the movie. They talk about like climate change and they're just sitting out in the sun. Like they're talking about other things and that's kind of like just one thing that happens in that scene. So I think, yeah, you're supposed to, like, forget it. But for me, this is, okay, I'm going to say this. For, this is a great comfort watch. It's quiet. It's slow. It's, like, a little heartwarming. It's a great comfort watch. If you are, like, a critic of movies, this is not, for not a great movie. And as someone who 
I, I don't know. I guess I'm so critical of movies that I will try and find what the gotcha is. Like when I saw Shutter Island in theaters, yeah, everyone says the twist in Shutter Island. Five minutes in, I was like, he's the one who's in the crazy house. How does anyone not think that's exactly what this movie's about? Like it blew my mind right. that no one else caught that. And that's why like, I know this is a little shamed now, but why something like American Beauty was one of my favorite movies because the whole time I was like, I don't know who's going to kill him. We could also make that argument about Sixth Sense, though, where like they literally show us Bruce Willis being shot and we just are like, now he's the doctor. Like, yeah, you know, that's true. But that, I, that movie still did a really, right? it did a really good job of it. But this one, I just feel like I knew the twist way too early and it kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, I think like this is an interesting thing because so we included this as a fall comfort watch because but I think in actuality, this is a climate change winter watch, (laughs) right? Because it's Valentine's Day. Yes, and it's warm. And also, if you make note of that. It's one of the the true rom-com trope that we love. They use the seasons to tell you how long it's been. Mm -hmm. And they wrote letters for maybe a year, almost a year. It's around, I think, Christmas when they stop writing. But we know that they started writing around Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can tell how long it's been that they write to each other, too. And they use, like, holidays well. Yeah. To tell you when it is. But yeah, I guess it is a Valentine. We should have done it for Valentine's I know. That's why I was watching it. And I was like, oh. I completely I... forgot that was an aspect of it entirely. Yeah. What did you think of the chemistry and the kiss? It was not a bad kiss. It went on too long because at first it seemed nice. And then it kind of seemed like they're trying to eat each other. Like it was too long. Yeah. It, it, it was when you know that he's already in love with her it makes sense but then when you realize that like she has a very dedicated boyfriend inside it's odd it's the, also i think it would be so awkward to just be like i'd be like hey hey like yeah <laughs> i mean it texted a guy for a while then you go on the date like it's a little awkward right but if it if it if I showed up and it was Keanu, baby Keanu, even old Keanu. Oh, current Keanu. Absolutely. To be honest, remake this movie with Keanu and Sandy B now. They're hot. I think we're. T- I think we are due for a reteam of these two. The mailbox is now twenty years ahead. Or just in any movie, That's like let's true. put them back together. Do an action one together. John Wick, the next one. <laughs> She's. They could have switched out Halle Berry for her. That would have been good. She was, yeah, she was barely in it though. <laughs> Randomly, whenever I, whenever I go to bed at night, um, I'll be like, "Let's go, girls!" And like the dogs follow me. Matt one time said, "Are you John Wick?" Because <laughs> they follow me. Yeah, I thought their chemistry-wise, it could only be two celebrities that you really love to watch not be together the whole time. Yeah, I never. So I didn't watch that. Um, movie that came out this year with Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. Not great. But it seemed like it was kind of a similar vibe. They weren't in the room together very often and people said the chemistry was bad. It's like, yeah. They've never met. Listen. <laughs> we, recent events about Ashton and his friend, his problematic friendships aside. Yeah. Prior to this, I used to think he was an endearing rom-com lead. Like, yeah. no strings attached. I thought he was great. Or, What's the one with him and Amanda Peet? I, I love that movie. What is it called? Love or something like it? I don't think it's called that, though. 
is it love or something like oh my god wow that's a that's deep in the recesses of my brain like i always thought he was a pretty good times i thought he was a pretty good rom-com lead reese classic rom-com lead those two people together nothing but these two people you love them both so you're gonna watch them not even be together for most of it this movie as a comfort watch you have to like refuse all like logic logic but this is a very specific comfort watch for you're kind of sad yeah like i don't think i would put this up there with um you've got mail no it's a different kind like it's a rainy day i need to yeah it's like it's just sad it is sad i think that's but i i watch comfort movies a lot for that it's not always because i want to be happy it's because i kind of need to be sad even if i don't have a reason to be yeah or to be sad about other things um so one of the things about the lake house that i wanted to look at was the budget um the budget was 40 million u.s dollars Hmm. and a majority of that was probably spent on salary and also the fact that they built a 2000 square foot structure Mm -hmm. to build the lake house in just 10 weeks two weeks to design four days to bid and then they looked everywhere for actually where to build the house. It took 35 tons of steel and nearly a crew of 100 people to finish the house by the time filming, filming was scheduled to begin. And then they tore it down afterwards because wow. they had to. They scanned what for locations waste. in Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, and Indiana, and virtually every what mile of the vast waste. Lake Michigan shoreline for something that embodied all the necessary elements. Sandra Bullock said in an interview that it had running water, but no bathroom. So when you panned out from filming, it was just porta potties all around the house. Oh, God. So glam. That's beautiful. The lake house. How much money do you think this made in uh, mm. in theaters? $40 million budget. I don't know. It's hard to say because back in the day, people went to see movies in theaters. Like, I saw this in theaters. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. It was probably like $110 million. 114.8. Wow. Good for uh, them. And what do you think its Rotten Tomato score is? 25. 35%. Wow. Better than I thought. Good for them. Much better than I thought. I also want to note um, soundtrack. There isn't a ton of music no. in this movie, but I wanted to re-look it up because I don't even remember if it plays in the movie, but I'm almost positive that the trailer and then also the music video for Keen's Somewhere Only We Know is for this. I think it was for this movie. Like he didn't write it for this movie, but I'm pretty sure they were tied in some way. Like it was the promotional song. I put them together in my brain decades ago so i hope no no you're you're right um do you remember it playing in the movie because i don't even remember it playing it's in not it. in the movie it's it was used in the trailer and what there you go and that became that was one of my breakup songs that i would listen to and cry when i had a breakup somewhere only we know and honestly if you really need a good cry listen to the lily allen version of that song Oof. this movie's soundtrack had a lot of rosemary clooney yeah and a lot of um it sounded a lot like the garden state soundtrack it had um what's the other band that's in it a lot it's like suffian suffian stevens or whatever or i don't know this is really interesting you have a great memory i would not have remember i mean i remember some movie trailers but this was a blind spot that's really impressive. i literally remember the tree growing and so and the somewhere only we know playing like that that's a somehow a core memory in there not not a whole lot else fits but wow 
You know, normally every episode we do a recast, but I feel like I feel like Keanu was a pretty solid choice for this movie and Sandy, but yeah, I actually think you know it's funny. This movie could have been done at any like the actors could have been any age. This could have been you know how much I love like old ladies fucking. Mm-hmm. Like this could have been an old lady Oh, I could have seen Diane Keaton in this. Diane Keaton and um, Craig T. Nelson. (laughs) Well, would have loved it. I could have seen Richard Gere in this, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it actually would have... I would have still loved it with older actors, even if they were in their 40s or 50s or beyond. Like, I I think that even, like, a Julia now, if it was, like, Julia and George now, it'd probably be good. The thing is, I think, like... The time, like we talked about this with Sex and the City or and just like that, like you asked me to wait four years in my 60s, baby. You asked me to wait. I think we're supposed to believe that they're late 30s, early 40s, late 30s. I got four years to kill. The poor guy. I also thought what's funny is the movie came out in 2006, but the timeline in the movie goes to 2008. And I was like, she couldn't warn him about the housing crisis and he builds houses. And she couldn't be like, yo, dude, pick a different profession. That's right. (laughs) because they didn't know about it yet no but i yeah that's like there was no conversation of like lottery numbers political thing nothing Nothing. i would have been like tell me how to be rich tell me to invest in the ipod shuffle oh my god i would have been a genius the the iphone came out just a couple years after that yeah oh my god like what how not helpful of her i don't know i know that's what i kept thinking that's the first thing i'd say i'd be like you're from two years from now yeah like, yeah, tell me tell me what to buy, tell me what to invest in, tell me where to be. I think, okay. like, when you think of Sandra Bullock, who do you think of her as her on-screen pair? Like... Why was my first thought Harry Connick <laughs> What movie was that? Floats. floats. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know her. I still think of Matthew McConaughey in A Time to Kill. Why? I don't like, those know. are... Whenever I think of, they like, good pair. rom-com, not even comp, but, like, film pairings... Mm-hmm. That's who I think about. No, they're a good pairing. I don't know who I like her with. It's not Aiden Quinn. No. George Clooney would be good. I don't know. Have they been in a movie together? I don't know. I just think she needs, like, a man. Older man. An older man. Yeah. Yeah. Keanu seems like he's just, like, a lovely soft boy Mm -hmm. who also loves motorcycles, which doesn't really track. Mm -hmm. But I could see them together it could turn into a don't worry darling situation really fast which you don't know the plot of don't worry darling do you yeah you do i saw it oh i didn't know you saw it you never talked to me about it i saw it for the hair because and then i watched oh. it and i was like i don't like this but like she's a doctor in training or like she's yeah she's a doctor and then he's a soft boy and then yeah. he's like what if i instead cat like essentially, you. yeah essentially put you to sleep against your will and made you a step step for wife actually I'm going to bring back my, for recasting, I think Nicole Kidman could have done this movie. Of course. Nicole Kidman yeah. couldn't do any movie. And then I think, like, outside of um, Keanu, I think he could put a Clooney in here. Absolutely. He would have been great. He would have been great. It's not really his wheelhouse of things to do, but I think he would have been fantastic. When I think of Clooney, it's always Ocean's Clooney, and it's charm. It's, he's got so many layers. He loves his wife. I don't know. Randomly, when I think of Clooney in film, I think One Fine Day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, as long as it's not that, like, my, what's that movie, Michael? Oh, Michael. I don't even remember. I don't know. <laughs> take that. We don't even know movies. <laughs> I lost it. I'm gone. Lost the plot. 
Introducing a new segment that we want to do. Uh huh. Which, if we remember every week, yeah. Mm -hmm. We talk about Taylor Swift a lot. Mm -hmm. Which Taylor Swift song would you put for this movie in the playlist? This is I don't want to blow my load because there's uh, there's a lot of Taylor Swift songs I love so much, and all of my favorite songs of her are like the slower, more like quiet ones. Obviously, the Lakes is like a you know obvious option. Um, I was also thinking like Lover would be a good one. Hmm. Because it's like a, it's like talking about how you don't want someone to be with anybody else, but you always think you're going to lose them. I know it's not really the theme of this movie, but like it, there's a distance in that song. Like there's something between them because she always thinks that she doesn't fully have him. Yeah, I could see. <laughs> I don't know if I could see Lover. Not lover. My first thought is obviously The Lakes. Yeah. I also would probably put Treacherous. Where she says, nothing safe is worth the drive and I'll follow you home. Or mm -hmm. she says, like, put your lips close to mine as long as they don't touch. So it's like kind of like a, a big, like, tease. Mm -hmm. I could see that being it. But also... What about the one? Thought I saw you at the bus stop. I didn't, though. Thought you got killed by the bus. You didn't, though. I would say the one would be more like um, the like, way we were-ish. Mm, I know, but like... When she's with, like, when she's already ended the relationship with him and she's with her new boyfriend, like, that that could have been the time. Yeah. But them getting back together, I guess it has to be something where they were, like, couldn't be together and then they got back together. Or they got yeah. together. What would that be? I don't know. If she ever wrote a song about Maddie Healy other than a fuck you song. <laughs> yeah. Message in a bottle, I feel like, is, like, a, like, just the writing, dear reader, you said. Dear, I was like, dear, dear reader. Dear reader. I don't know. You know me. I'm not very good at like interpreting Taylor Swift songs. I'm just here for the bops. Oh, King of My Heart. Because mm. she's been waiting for him all her life. I would say that that's a pretty good one. I don't know. I like this thing. I have to think about it harder next time. <laughs> but I think we both said the lakes right away. Yeah. Well, to the lakes. Where all those poets went to die. I don't belong. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's give her a rating. I'm going to give it, and this might be surprising, seven outdoor skating rinks. <laughs> Remember when she just watches that couple just yeah, twirl in I the know. snow? It was a really weird break. I know. Out of ten mm -hmm. in terms of comfort. And it's purely Keanu-driven. Because this is not my favorite Sandy, mm -hmm. but this might be one of, one of my favorite Keanu's. If we can forget, if, if we're taking into account the plot holes, it's like a four. Yeah. If you're just going to be like, I'm in, I don't want to think, baby, it's a seven. Yeah. I'm going to give it like 6.4, the letters that he smooches before he puts them in the attic, which is super creepy the way he does it. I think that's You sweet. know that was romance? He was like, Mwah, and then hides them in the attic. Six, 6.4 of those. I think it 10. was sweet. <laughs> There's very little Keanu could do to that would make me be like, great. Yeah. 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 Hey, Kate. Yeah. I've got your book. Have you ever read Persuasion? Persuasion. What's it about? <laughs> so good. You came for the movie review. You stayed for the Keanu impersonation. Always. It's just me working on new material in mm -hmm. every episode. I think you got that one down. Yeah. I think it was, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. What are we watching next week? So I think next week is another Sandy classic. We're, we're doing it. We're Drum roll, please. Practical magic. My favorite. 
My absolute favorite. So excited. The clothes. Oh. The soundtrack. Oh, Nicole. Everything. You've got that guy from ER. <laughs> Kovac. You got Aiden Quinn. You've got a young uh, Camilla Bell. You've got a young Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, yeah. And I don't know the other girl's name. The, and the guy from uh, In Her Shoes. Yeah. And Stalker I, Channing. I lo- Stalker Channing is, it's one, I don't know why I have this connection to her. I'll watch anything she's in. I love Stalker and Channing. And Diane Weist. I love her, too. Me, too. Yeah. I love her, too. But me and Stalker Channing... I'd watch her paint a wall. I'd watch her take a shit. I love Stalker Jane. She's, I mean, she holds a, she has like a very ant-like figure in our hearts because of like Rizzo. Yeah. She just reminds me of someone's aunt that like, if you go to her house, she'd be like, if you're going to drink, I'd like, I'd prefer yeah. you do it in the house. Midnight like she, margaritas. Absolutely. So exciting. I love it. I'm, it's, it's time. It is time. Uh, if you liked this episode, Please let us know your thoughts. You can email us at comfortwatchpod at gmail.com. Like us, leave a review, leave a five-star review. It really helps us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at comfortwatchpodcast and on TikTok at comfortwatchpodcast. Until then, stay comfy. Stay cozy. Bye. Bye.